This is Live Well Talk on a Day in the Life. Uh, today is a certified surgical technician. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Union Point Health, St. Luke's Hospital. Joining me today is Sarah Hillman. On this episode, we're going to talk about what is a surgical technician and what they do. Welcome. Thank you, Dr. Arnold. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'll just start by saying um, we'll just upgrade from technician to technologist. That's what our uh, professional organization goes by and what our um, titles here at, at Unity Point um, um, entail. Well, we this is the first episode of sitting down with someone. Uh, we wanted to, to, to just cover, there's more than just doctors and nurses work at hospitals, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. And so we wanted to, uh, to do that. And you're our VIP first inaugural uh, visitor. And we're glad to have you uh, as a guest on the show. But just tell us, Tell us, just walk us through a day. Okay. What do you do? Well, um, I know as we began prepping for this, we were asked about what a certified surgical technologist is. And to, in part, it's uh, described as a, an allied health professional who works with the team of the medical practitioners to provide safe and effective care during surgical procedures. Um, so our background is in theory and application of base sepsis and sterile technique. Uh, human anatomy, surgical procedures, and uh, the tools and technologies to implement those procedures. Uh, most CSTs work in hospitals, surgery centers, or um, physicians' offices, perhaps. If they do surgeries or if they do, procedures like exactly. that. Exactly. Maybe dental offices as well. Um, there are at According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, there are 100, over 100,000 CSTs practicing in um, the United States. And um, the, with that projection to continue to grow like all healthcare um, entities are, 9% uh, in the next decade, there's going to be a demand for up to 9,000 new um, surgical techs per year. So we have a task ahead of us to supply that that. Uh, Health, allied health professional. I think that's one of the things we wanted to stress with this series in the podcast uh, is the opportunity for young people to surgical technologist, MRI technologist, ultrasound. Uh, there's so many opportunities in healthcare besides doctor and nursing. Mm -hmm. uh, and we want to provide that opportunity to people. But we also wanted individuals to be able to listen, to hear about what you do during the day. I'm sure there's people that will watch this podcast or listen to it and they know you and mm -hmm. they might not work with you, but so just take me through your average day. Sure. So uh, the, the main role of the surgical tech is to scrub in in the surgical field with the surgeon and uh, whatever assistance that they he or she may need during that procedure. So we come to the LR, dress in scrubs, put on our protective uh, gear as we do for all pr surgical procedures. Um, we get a, an assignment for the day. We meet as all units do typically with a huddle and um, we get an assignment. Usually that comes to us the day before and we would be given a typical um, room assignment as it were. And you'll do the procedures assigned to that room with the group of people that you're assigned with. And, in our ORs, we generally have three people. There's always a registered nurse. Um, there may be two and a surgical tech or two, depending um, on the needs for the procedure, sometimes more. 
And um, so we gather supplies, equipment, tools to um, facilitate that specialty, review the surgeon's preference card or order set, as it were, to um, to make sure that we have everything we need. Um, the team opens the sterile supplies. The surgical tech then would go perform their surgical scrub, um, where you know you see on TV where people are scrubbing their hands and arms, and you're familiar within your background and training. Um, so then you don the surgical gown and gloves and set up the sterile field. That entails um, arranging supplies, equipment, et cetera, into an orderly fashion on what we call the back table, which is the table with the sterile uh, instruments, et cetera. And then a mayo stand, which is sort of a bridge between the patient and the table where the supplies are. Um, our goal is to have everything there that the surgeon would need for that procedure and uh, to have it ready as or before they need it. And that's one of the key uh, goals is to, for a surgical tech is to anticipate the surgeon's needs. And we always kind of have a, a game or challenge where we're trying to stay a step ahead of the surgeon. We never yeah. want them to have I know, to wait. I know, I know that that's a big point of pride for mm -hmm. Your, your your department and your colleagues that they really yes. pride themselves on that absolutely and, uh, it's, uh, absolutely it's um it, it's just a, a good way to enlist in good care yeah. and um make your surgeon your provider um more efficient yeah what, what what how did you get interested in that were you watching tv and you saw the doctor go scalpel <laughs> and they got handed that and you said that's what i want to do how did you end up doing that? you know it was sort of serendipitous um my mom was encouraging me to go to uh, college after high school, and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, I have an older sister who is a nurse, now retired, and um, of course I admired her work, but I was had a little bit of that little sister independence where I didn't want to do exactly what Mary did, so uh, we came across this program called Surgical Technology, and I thought it just sounded interesting. So it was sort of um, really, I owe it to my mom, I tell people this frequently, that that's where I ended up because of her, and I'm so grateful for that direction because it put me where I feel like I was meant to be. Um, so yeah, I went to uh, community college and um, got my diploma and then have done several things since then to advance my education and career opportunities. Um, but a typical surgical tech at this time would attend um, a college like Kirkwood and get an associate applied science degree. So two-year degree, um, and part of the first year is the fundamental um, sciences or general ed, and then the surgical technology program would be a three-semester um, surgical technology intensive, as it were, including uh, clinical rotations where you have uh, rotations at hospitals and surgery centers with preceptors that help um, provide the necessary skills. They also do, they have in, at Kirkwood, uh, for instance, they have a lab. So they have a mock-up of a operating room. Yeah, they have a really neat yeah. similar lab, yeah. sim lab. So, yeah, and uh, to get some of that fundamental skill set down before you enter the theater of a patient care area. Um, so, and we do have an affiliation with Kirkwood where we do provide clinical experiences for now, search tech students. Now I know it's, it's a skilled position and it, 
orientation takes? How long is orientation? Uh, the intensive would be uh, a minimum of six months. Yeah. A, a new yeah. a new staff member. Um, I think that was one of your questions as we um, reviewed earlier that, you know, how do you choose what you're going to do or how do you get beyond the fundamental procedural stuff? Um, does everybody do everything? And not generally. Um, depends on the the organization and what they choose. But um, what we do at Unity Point St. Luke's is we have uh, a fundamental skill set that everybody should have. Everybody should know how to do these level one procedures, as we would call them. Um, so you can you generally come to the uh, a new position with some of that skill set from school because those are the procedures you ha you participate in as a student. Um, but once you're through that and you're assigned to a specialty team or you volunteer for a specialty team, um, then you'll be with a preceptor that will work you through all the more advanced procedures, which we would call the level three, and um, kind of teach you all the ins and outs, all the instrumentation, all of the um, special equipment, et cetera. So you, you partner up with generally one person initially and then from there, depending on um, the, the group. Uh, so generally six months to get to that point to be independent enough to take call and uh, move on to those specialty cases. Yeah, I know you guys are well-trained and you, you cross-cover different specialties. Mm -hmm. I know that. Just I picked we, that up from the, being in meetings with you. And, sure, and sure. Also, but, you, but you do stuff beyond the OR. I mean, I, I know I worked with you and um, to, to robotic credentialing for when robots started here sure. at St. Luke's, which uh, you've been part of that since the beginning. And yeah. mm -hmm. I think you're... Uh, uh, minimalizing your influence that you had, you know, to, to, that doctors are up to speed on that because some of our physicians didn't receive that in their training. They had to go back and learn Correct. that. And it's, it's hard to learn new things as you get older. Sure. Uh, so what, how long have you been at St. Luke's? Uh, 42 years. Wow. I know it's, um, it, I thought I was only going to be here for five when I started, but here we are. It's been my home and I'm very, uh, thankful for that. Well, we've, St. Luke's probably has some labor laws to deal with because it sounds like you probably started when you were three years old. Is that right? <laughs> very close. Very okay. Close. All right. Very, well, that's, we're still you know, brushing that under the Hopefully ride. the statute limitation is out on that uh, <laughs> labor violation there. What's the longest case you've ever been in? Mm, probably maybe an eight hour case. Um, but Generally speaking, we have the ability to um, break each other out. We have uh, pro procedures in place where we can um, spring each other for a lunch or bathroom break as necessary. But um, there's a sometimes there's a certain pride in being involved in um, staying with the procedure, staying with the surgeon um, during a very difficult sure. procedure yeah. something that took that long probably meant it was difficult but uh um yeah it sometimes that just runs together you don't uh you get into those intense situations and time just sort of melts away um you focus yeah. you focus yeah which uh, that that's so understandable i mean it's mm -hmm. really uh it's 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 uh particularly when you have a great staff working for you, it's it's just probably you don't even feel the time pass right. you know, in those long cases. So what, what, you know, we talked earlier about different teams mm -hmm. uh, and specialties. 
Um, what's your favorite? Uh, I, it's really difficult to pare that down. I've, as you um, indicated earlier, I've had the opportunity to work in so many specialties, uh, and I feel like I um, embrace everything kind of with a vigor. I would say that I am not an expert in orthopedics or neuro by any means. Those are um, my level one procedures. And um, I, but I have had the opportunity to work in general surgery has been kind of my primary home over the decades. And I love general surgery. I've had great uh, mentors and teachers and partners in that realm. I've done vascular surgery. I've done, uh, in the last year, began helping with uh, cardiac surgery in um, the first scrub role to um, facilitate those procedures, which has been uh, a great opportunity to, to sharpen my skills and to attain the expertise of um, Dr. Whitey as a, the, his efficiency and um, skill. Um, I've worked with robotics, as you indicated, uh, working it with that team to keep our group um, well-trained. And I work as a lea uh, kind of a liaison between the intuitive, uh, um, intuitive is the robotics company. company. Yeah, the company yep. So um, I work with those sales reps and the field service engineer to maintain the uh, safe and effective use of the robots and um, preventative maintenance, et cetera. And then education of our staff and physicians as we've onboarded new people. Um, so there's always tech new technology around the corner that we're adopting and um, we have to stay on top of um, making sure that that's all working properly and people are trying yeah. to use it. I will, I will assure the listeners that are sci-fi fans that from a Ray Bradbury definition standpoint, it's not really a robot, right? <laughs> I mean, these aren't autonomous self These are not machines, autonomous. Right? Okay. Correct. I right. just want to clarify that. Right. Um, well, thank you for joining me. This is I, 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 I so look forward to doing this because one of the things that I never stopped and considered, but that I've learned in my position is how many people touch a patient when they have surgery. Mm -hmm. I mean, from the schedulers to the star to your team, pre-op, post-op, PACU, it, it, it is, I, I don't think patients have any idea how many people are involved in that uh, ballet, if you will, of uh, all these different specialties coming together to make that happen. That's I used to think you just called this number and says, yeah, I'm a surgeon. I want to do a case tomorrow. And, you know, like two or three people showed up and you sure. did the case and it's just so... It's it's not complicated, but it is complex, mm -hmm. and there is a difference there. That's a good well, point. Thank you for joining me. Uh, this was exciting, and I look forward to having others on to describe what they do each day in the hospital because I think people enjoy this. So, Sarah, thanks for being the first thank and you. setting the standard very high of the expectation for other guests. All right. Well, thank you for this opportunity, Dr. Arnold. Appreciate you bet. it. My pleasure. If you're interested in a career as a certified surgical technologist at St. Luke's, visit unipoint.org backslash careers. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.